1: With your host, the baby-faced face heel, Tamatonga.
2: Guys, we are back on Thomas Island Podcast this week. We've we got some things to talk about, some funny stuff. We we just before we came on, we we're just laughing. I wish we got this on on the podcast already, but I think we'll we'll spill it over. Uh, Welcome back to Thomas Island Podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Tonga, with my man, co host, Ross Berman, the CV culture
3: vulture, or the F, what, F- Folk City Hustler? I'm the FH. I'm the culture <laughs> vulture. I'm the folk city hustler. I'm the disruptor. I have like eight different nicknames the disruptor, at this point. I like that. I'm just, I'm just collecting
2: them. <laughs> the the, the, the disruptor. <laughs> so that's, that's a like equalizer term, the equalizer, yep. the disruptor. <laughs> and we got a special guest here from Thomas Island. Marie Shadows, how are you? Welcome to the I'm, podcast. You ready to talk some shit?
1: I am ready to talk some shit, always. <laughs>
2: Hell yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. We're, we're happy to have you here with us. Let's talk, Ross. I know you got some news <laughs> from the wrestling. Uh, there's some shit that's uh,
3: controversial that's went down with, with it's <clears> it. It's <throat>
2: I'll let you. I'll let you continue
3: that. I well, it it this past Thursday. I, I we'll will just start off with the biggest news of the wrestling world. It's it's it, easily the news with the most fallout. This past Thursday, Dark Side of the Ring aired a, a, a an episode about the infamous plane ride from hell. Now, many wrestling fans are aware of the plane ride from hell. It is the fodder of nearly thousands of shoot interviews. It is the the uh, kind of thing of of drunk wrestler legend. The story of the entire WWE roster on this transatlantic flight from, I believe it's, it's Europe all the way to North America, completing a long, brutal European tour. They end up with a, a several hour, uh, stranded on the tarmac. And so during that, that kind of layover that they have, everyone starts drinking. According to the, uh, uh, flight attendant that was interviewed, three bar carts were emptied before they even took off. And they just kind of kept getting these bar carts brought back on the, uh, on the plane. And then when it took off, it it sounds like it was a it was a complete nightmare. Now, like I've said, this is the kind of story that's been told a lot by onlookers, people that were on the plane, wrestlers who may have been involved or witnessed uh, things that happened on the plane. But this week's Dark Side of the Ring had the added uh, perspective of one of the flight attendants from the uh, plane ride from hell. In fact, one of the flight attendants that Ric Flair, the nature boy, exposed himself to and was apparently very uh uh the, I, I think the term they're asking to use is aggressive. Like it's it's very much a case of where, where sexual harassment borders on sexual abuse. And so it definitely took a dark turn and it it made people kind of rethink, reexamine some of these these wrestling uh legends that they they have in their mind. Cause Ric Flair's, you know, freeness with his, his member is not exactly a uh not a secret it's the kind of thing that has been a part of wwe story time his espn 30 for 30 was a part of it even in his autobiography he talks about doing the infamous helicopter as he calls it uh which is uh i'll spare you the gory details but i I think (laughs) that name paints enough of an image as it is no, no, so not, no it, it
2: hasn't been any. Explain it to us. Has it? Well,
3: like, oh. now, no, now, normally, normally, a helicopter has two blades. But imagine in this case. Imagine in this case, oh there's God. just one blade. <laughs> I, I kid, I kid. It's uh. Anyway, it's it's made people re-examine the way that they, they look at Ric Flair. He's already uh, apparently his his sponsorship with Car Shield has been paused. But Ric Flair is not the only person from the Plane Ride from Hell documentary that's catching a little bit of flack because in the course of this uh, in the course of this documentary, they not only had folks that were they not only had the flight attendant, but they also had folks like Justin Credible, who was on the plane, Rob Van Dam who was on the plane, and Tommy Dreamer who decided to not only give his thoughts on uh, what happened on the flight, but to towards the end of the episode also give his opinion uh, about how. Serious, he felt the flight attendant's allegations are against uh, Ric Flair. He, in fact, he he compared the offense that people would take over his his comments about about sexual abuse, in which in which he said that if she really felt that bad, she should have taken it to the fullest extent of the law, which ignores the way that the law tends to ignore cases of sexual abuse. So the law isn't going to necessarily help her there. But that's not the point. The point is Tommy Dreamer felt that he could somehow. I don't know. Play, league, play lawyer for Ric Flair during this Dark Side of the Ring interview, and in doing so, when he was brought in to really just be local color, to just be the kind of guy that you know has has some stray observations about what happened, he ended up burning down his career to the point where he has numerous bookings that have been pulled right now. He has been suspended from Impact Wrestling, and uh in general, him and him and Flair have have become kind of persona non grata. Now Flair. We kind of knew this was coming because if you talk about the plane ride from hell, you have to talk about Flair. But with Dreamer, this was—I mean, this was really a case of just shooting yourself in the foot to make a show of yourself. Like he did not have to; he could have just said what happened on the plane. He didn't have to go into his thoughts about what abuse victims should do, and yet he decided to, and that is, uh uh put him in some in some real hot water. I, I, it's a it's a tricky uh, it's a tricky conversation because. It is it's very serious allegations against Ric Flair. The topic matter is very serious, but the way that both of them have handled it is so incompetent that it's funny. Uh, The the way that Dreamer has handled uh, first in the episode where he says that I've probably offended people saying that uh, abuse victims should go to the, the law, but I'm probably also offending people with my hairdo, which when you compare your ponytail the offense of your ponytail to the <laughs> offense of your thoughts about sexual assault victims it's not even apples and oranges you're talking about an apple and a, a rock being thrown at someone uh like these are very two very different things Damn. and so it, and then he has he then did the, your boilerplate notes apology of i'm sorry to the people i've offended i'm not actually sorry i'm just sorry if you got offended which If anyone's out there taking notes, doesn't count as an apology. It just counts as saying, oh, some people were offended. You have to take full responsibility, whether they were offended or not, for your actions. Look deepward, look inward, return to the town humbled, that kind of thing. Dreamer did not want to do this, and now he has been suspended from Impact Wrestling. But his response uh, wasn't the only terrible response that has been released over the past, uh, what is it? It's been almost half a week since the episode has come out and the fallout (laughs) still keeps coming. Because you see, like I mentioned earlier, the thirty for thirty documentary with Rick Flair, in which the helicopter is mentioned, in which the plane ride from hell is mentioned, the director recently came out and said, you know, the Rick's uh history with women is problematic. It's an issue. He he really just kind of it feels don't get me wrong, I think he says some very important things, but it's very much him covering his ass for the way the 30 for 30 came off, because they treat the plane ride from hell like this joke, and now Dark Side of the Ring has shown the, uh, well, the dark side of that joke. Um, and so, <laughs> it's true, no, it, like, this is this is the first Dark Side of the Ring episode with consequences, but Ric Flair decided to jump on uh, director Rory Comf's, uh comments, and say, basically saying, Rory is always lying, and he opened the statement with, "My lawyer told me not to post this. My publicist told me not to post this. My wife, my wife, told me not to post this. But post this I shall." He then deleted. He then deleted that uh, response to post basically the same response with some formatting things changed and his like lawyer and his <laughs> wife being pulled out. Of. Like it, he still goes on the whole thing of everyone's lying. I'm okay. I'm the good guy here. But uh it, it just it's flabbergasting because yes, I understand Ric Flair is not gonna be an optics guy. He's not gonna be a good social media guy. But in the words of Mike Berbiglio what you should have said was nothing. Just nothing. Don't tweet through it, just go away for a little bit and then see what the fallout happens. But nope, tweet Nobody through. Nobody tells Rick... Ric Flair what to do. Exactly. Nobody. No, As as we learned at the as as we learned at the NWA seventy-third, no one tells Ric Flair what to do. But it it's been an avalanche, for lack of a better term, it's been an avalanche of nonsense since this uh, Dark Side of the Ring episode came out of just people either stepping on their toes, defending people stepping on their toes, or outright shooting their toes off in some cases. Uh, Marie, you, you, you're you obviously following this as well. What have you kind of, what's your response to the way that this whole Dark Side of the Ring snowball has has come about?
1: Well, first I'm going to say that I'm not the same girl as everyone else. I think yep. a little bit different when it comes to this business. Um, mm-hmm. I've heard all the shoot interviews for like Ric Flair and all that. So, um, you know, if your colleague has to keep saying he's the dirtiest player in the game multiple times and don't switch that up, you know, some shit goes down. Like mm-hmm. you automatically know something's going to happen. If like, if you stay there with him just to hang out and see what happens, mm-hmm. whether or not that's like taken to an extent where it's like, it's a crime. I don't know. I'm not there. But according to the dark side of the ring and how everything was planned, first of all, before he disrobes everything, they had that fight between Lesnar and um, Mr. Perfect. Yeah, everybody's afraid and everyone's like, oh, my God, we didn't die. We're okay. And then, you know, to just want to be naked. Why couldn't you tell a joke? (laughs) <laughs> like why did you need like i don't understand the need for like yep getting naked and being like look what i have
3: fantastic
1: no, I, great i am i'm
3: you know? with I'm with you. I've provided hours upon hours of laughs on this podcast, and you you both can attest. I have never taken my Johnson out once. I've no, never what? had to get naked to get a laugh. Cause, Ross cause, doesn't know, but I have. <laughs> Look, every everyone's reco- everyone's recorded a podcast with no pants on. I will admit that. But I'm ju- I'm just saying, I'm just saying there was a professional error that was kept. But no, you you bring up a good point because as we're talking about this 30 for 30 doc, I remember when the ESPN documentary came out. Out. and it was kind of a, a sad harrowing portrait of a struggling alcoholic being like alcohol has destroyed my life overspending has destroyed my life and the response to it from the fans was mainly like man rick's the dude isn't he like he's just he's partying he's spending he's living that life and the entire time like what what world are we living in where we can yeah. watch this man cry over all of his broken dreams and and uh broken promises to go yeah that's the nature boy right there. Like I'm, I this it's been long overdue this kind of reckoning with with the persona versus the person.
2: And Ric Flair living that Instagram life way before Instagram came out. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, dude, he's uh, like that damn that what's his name Dan. What,
0: uh, Dan- I, I
2: have no, no idea. He, I'm. Uh, he, he's the dude that, that that just they just found. He's like. He was like this – not a Playboy, but he had a girl surrounding him all the time on Instagram, and it, yep. that was his post. And then okay. Dan Blit, Blitz, damn Blitz. I, oh, oh, I
1: don't know, man. I was going to go with like Playboy bunnies and like Playboy No. Yeah, no. like Can I talk about Hefner? <laughs> no,
3: but that's exactly you, – you bring up a great point. Hefner is, is a great example of someone else who would just – wander around in a robe and we all pretended it was okay uh yeah. like yes rick flair wrestles in the robe and there is there's is a time for that but then when he it's the stories of him being backstage that that's when it, it starts to get you know their line his
2: name is dan Bilzerian.
3: do you know uh, who that is no oh dan dan Bl- 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 yes dan okay, Bilzerian. okay yes i do know that there you go yeah, uh, yeah okay so anyways back hey back. let's go so, back no. to Ric flair
2: live in the instagram line
3: let's go <laughs> yep no but you're not wrong he was he was sliding into the dms before the dms were a thing um <laughs> <laughs> and so but but now and and it's it's I think the the not only is Rick's being held accountable an important part of this, but the the way that people are holding Tommy Dreamer accountable because ultimately what Dreamer represents in this documentary isn't it's it's the kind of culture that has allowed people like Rick flair to to thrive despite the fact that he has created a lot of problems for people over time you know there are it 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 is this. It's like it was with the, the speaking out movement in, in twenty twenty. It does feel like there is this reckoning with uh with how much are we will how much manipulation are willing are wrestling fans willing to put up with before we eventually say no more. Because there is there's a level of, you know, manipulation that works in the wrestling business. You know, you, you gotta you gotta be able to to make people believe. But then there's a level of manipulation that's just kind of covering people's asses. And that that seems to be the level that's that people have, have finally said no more to. Uh, that is, is definitely, it's going to be an interesting time. Again, shout out to everyone involved in Dark Side of the Ring. Because like I said, this week was the first week. Like usually there are episodes that have like a t-shirt will come out or someone will be like, oh, uh, the, the woman that raised uh, Brian Pillman, man, she really is a saint. That kind of stuff. But this was the first one where there are straight up consequences. A third person we, we haven't brought up is... is Uh, JR Jim Ross, who he kind of takes more ownership of it than I think anyone else in the documentary, because he's the head of talent relations at the time. He really does kind of say that it was his job to keep people in check, and he didn't keep people in check. Um, And so he, I think, brings the. But it's a different side of JR because I feel like even if you listen to his podcast, you don't necessarily always see the the consigliere side of JR, the side of JR that says, "Look, I." I don't condone what happened on the plane ride from hell. It was my job to stop it, and I didn't. And should there have been, he he kind of gives that that Irishman response of should there have been more uh, consequences? It's what it is. It, you can't really, you know, there is there's is no there's no way to put the genie back in the bottle, so to speak. Uh, so no, again, shout out to everyone involved in that episode who really made a uh, really made a a, a a a deep piece of uh, a um,
0: deep hour of television. I, Sorry, I would ahead. like
1: to add something too that. Um, no the company that Heidi worked for mm-hmm. should have at least smartened up um, like the stewardess and even maybe have some male stewardess on there too. And mm-hmm. they're going to deal with wrestlers because uh, the documentary does start off with, uh, she saying that she used to do that same thing with like basketball players and soccer players. You're mm-hmm. not going to get that wild with basketball players or soccer players as you would with wrestlers back in the day. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, they should have at least, let them know hey you know it's going it's probably going to get crazy we should you know um uh i guess prepare for like maybe the worst well so, um, but th- i would blame like the the airplane company for that yeah
3: like my 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 stance is whoever kept adding bar carts to the the plane Because they have the seven-hour layover where they say they emptied a bar cart, so they ordered another bar cart that was (laughs) brought onto the plane, they emptied that bar cart, and then another bar cart was brought, and so there is, at some point, it is kind of on the company to, like, say, like, I, I bartended for a few months, you have to cut someone off eventually, at some point you say, no, I can't serve you anymore, but when you're trapped, especially in a plane where, like, you're either trapped on the ground in this tube, or you're trapped thousands of feet up in the air in a tube, like, it adds that level of I can't escape. I can't just, you know I can't just create a confrontation or else you end up with stuff like happened with Lesnar and, and Mr. Perfect, where they almost break open the emergency exit, uh, having a having a wrestling match in the exit row. Like, it, it does sound—and then you, we haven't even gotten into Dustin Rhodes taking over no. the intercom to try and win <laughs> okay. back his wife and using the backseat compartment as a spittoon. Like, this was—outside of Ric Flair, this was still a giant mess, and then when you add this Shit. volatile uh, situation like Ric Flair to it, it really—it it, re- it just—it creates— Like I said, it creates fodder for interview after interview after interview. Sounds like a hell of an episode of Raw on there back in the day, Right, like, (laughs) and that's the thing is, like, this is, this also apparently happened, like, right, like, when they landed, the next WWE show was going to be the first show where they're WWE and not WWF. And so they're also going through this big-ass transition where I'm I'm sure, like... (laughs) <laughs> like that's the other because like we keep saying old behind <laughs> exactly where like people are like well what was vince doing during the the plane ride from hell i'm like i don't know he's trying to figure out if his company is still going to be able to to work <laughs> with the new like he's he's literally about to change everything about his company for the first time in 30 years i i think the last thing he's wondering about is are my wrestlers too drunk like it was the 2000s they were all hammered all the time from what i have from what i have heard on the interviews i'm not gonna oh. i'm not gonna sit here and I'm not gonna sit here and pretend uh, uh, I, I was there, but from what I've heard, it was a it was a a dusty locker room. Um, but yes, so dark side of the ring definitely uh, kicking off last week with uh kicking off a new season with a lot of craziness with a lot of fallout. Uh, but that I mean that's not the only news that's going on in the wrestling world right now. I wish we I wish we had more to talk about. Like I said, they paused they paused the Ric Flair Car Shield commercials. And they're already they're still already airing, so I don't know I'm what reading, actually. I'm reading
2: here in the chat on the Twitch chat that they've also taken his merch offline. I, I yep. figured they would have. Uh, oh yeah, I, no. no. He, I'm gonna say I figured they took that off when they when he let go, but then again, you know that wouldn't happen because they're still trying to make money off him, no matter yeah, no. what. So but.
3: they were, and they and they they still have they still have Charlotte using a lot of his IP. Like even mm. if they can't say Ric Flair, they still got the woos, they still got the chops, they still got um a lot of a lot of his fingerprints on the company. Uh, and it it also kind of feels like, based on the way that Andrade was getting rid of Chavo Guerrero last week on a e w it's entirely possible Rick was slated to go into a e w at some point in the next like mm. month or so like I don't know if that's still, I doubt that's still gonna happen now, but it did feel like they were setting up that that Rick flair in and Andrade's corner thing. I don't I don't, I don't mm. see that I don't see that happening anymore. I mean may, maybe Tony Khan's willing to burn a lot of goodwill but he's he seemed smarter than that so far especially heading into into Queens and and the mm-hmm. the big shows that they've got uh, they've got coming up but uh yeah it it's it's been a wild wild week in in North America cuz not only it did we get the the dark side of the ring but NXT has been rebooted officially we now are 2. living 0. in a NXT, NXT three NXT 2.0, uh, the, the third iteration, second version. Um, it's, it's, it's bright, it's colorful, it's, it's definitely different. Like it, it, it really does kind of feel like the old, uh, the old like episodes of like raw where they would like tape three weeks in Poughkeepsie and like it it's mainly very short matches with a lot of talking they they're really upping the characters they got like a chicago mobster that's going to debut hit mm. row is all over the place like they are they're definitely they're definitely leaning into that it looks more like the main roster that's the best way to put it like it feels more like the main roster it looks more like the main roster just with faces that you know if you haven't been watching NXt for a while you've never seen before we got you got guys like uh, Von Wagner insu- inserted in the NXT title match you got guys like uh, braun breaker a lot of a lot of a lot of ons uh, but a lot of second generation third generation talent kind of coming into into NXT like it it does kind of have that that next generation of the pro wrestling world vibe that, that maybe the old NXT didn't, didn't quite have. I don't know you're, you're nodding your head, Tom. what did you kind of think of the, yeah, the, no, the refresh?
2: I, I'm with you. It does. It, it does feel refreshing. It does look like, I feel like there's this next, like new, uh, new blood yep. new blood coming through. And <clears throat> I, it, I, I liked it. I like the 2.0. I like the look. It's, it is refreshing. It is kind of a little brighter, a little, it seems a little bit more fun. Mm-hmm. you know and and um and now I, I tuned in and i caught some of it and uh, i saw the state the way that everybody was seated all around the the, the building you can see their <laughs> their legs their feet they didn't have like a clothes off like uh what's call it called like a wall you know you yeah. see they have like that
3: yeah yeah they got they got rid of the plexiglass they got rid of the yeah. chain link it's got more of like a, it's more theater in the round than like yeah. I, don't, I don't know the old one it felt very like rollerball like very like this is the dystopian <laughs> future everyone plays <laughs> one sport the winner gets bread uh and so that like
2: felt, it felt like more of a thunderdome than the, yeah. the uh yeah. the thunderdome that they had last year
3: exactly and now now it feels a little bit more like like a wwe product it feels a little bit more like that that sports entertainment uh uh vibe and i'm i'm gonna you know i i will probably burn some goodwill with people but i love the wedding the wedding was uh, the the indy hartwell uh, dexter loomis wedding was fantastic uh it was a really uh, a hilarious way to end the show And, uh, I'm, I'm just happy. I'm happy. No one ruined it. Like I'm, I'm liking this current trend of like contract signings happening without someone going through a table, weddings happening and actually concluding. Like it, it, it really does make me invest a little bit more in the characters when you get that in, in music, we call it a tonic chord. When you get that resolution to a story, when you, instead of just constantly moving them on to the next thing. Uh, and so it, I've, I'm interested. I'm interested to see where goes. it goes. They still have plenty of time for it to go off a cliff. There are already reports that they want it to be edgier, whatever the hell that means in 2021. Um, <laughs> not, not, it feels to me that it's like the whole wedding and everything.
2: No. Yep. Does it feel like it's a? It's just another raw yep. product. Like it's a smaller version of raw. Yep. Like it's a little brother of raw. That's that's to me. There's no. What's the what's the difference between these two? Except it's just a younger generation and, and what, what they're but
3: I, I yeah, but I almost feel like that's that's kind of that's kind of what NXT should have been because like mm-hmm. I, they worked so hard to make it this third brand that mm-hmm. like I feel like so many people were matched to the aesthetic of NXT that like then mm-hmm. when you take them out of NXT and you put them mm-hmm. in Raw or SmackDown. It's it it's very jarring because you're used to seeing them in this dark environment. You're yeah. used to you know there there are shadows where you can hide stuff. There's just it's it's a different vibe. And so now that NXT has that main roster vibe a little bit more, it's going to be easier to see Braun Breaker on SmackDown because like he was on because N- like the NXT looks just enough like SmackDown that when he shows up there, it will feel like. It'll feel a little bit more in, in in peace with what the what the show is than like this guy from the right from like what weirdly felt like the rival promotion showing up to like mm-hmm. invade you know like it doesn't yeah. nxt doesn't feel like an invasion of wwe anymore it feels like a part of it i, I, I don't know
2: like okay i'm just just gonna go off the cliff here real quick uh, do it <laughs> but right so this whole change to nxt was triple h's baby. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I now now with this all this changes and everything. Now I'm just saying this and and I'm just but I yep. felt like I felt like uh with this with all these changes that they did to nxt it, it kind of like sent triple h off the cliff somewhere and, and, it, and it gave him a damn heart attack just, well now, now i'm just saying that yeah i i don't mean any harm on anybody you know okay, i mean i felt it feels like,
1: like that i he got was it. hurt
2: literally yeah. here it broke his heart <laughs> when it, they it, when it, they told him they're going to sideline him and redo all of nxt his baby his baby it, they, it, they literally, that's I'm sorry, a AAA, I'm, you know, I'm, just, I'm sorry,
3: dog, but I do uh, I will, I will, I will jump, I will jump in. Uh, as the, as as the journalist here I do have to bring up Triple H had a genetic ha- uh, heart condition this is uh, is is not something that That's like should on sudden- the
2: news too <laughs> no I, it's, it's
3: it's not something that suddenly formed but I I I do agree that like the optics are so bad that like Triple yeah. H goes into the hospital and it's like Vince and Bruce just march into the performance center and are like all right he's gone let's make some changes you know like I don't feel like the changes to NXT gave triple h the the event but i feel like the cardiac event gave them <laughs> no, all of the room no, to be like no, all right. I'm i gonna... think it, i think i think it was the opposite i think
2: Mark, okay. i think vince marched up in there and said we're gonna do this 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 we're gonna change and we're gonna fire all these guys without telling triple h and then triple h had this whole deal and then went to the hospital and they're like oh he yeah. had a genetic <laughs> mutation he's been there for his whole life we're gonna uh anyway nxt is gonna be 2.0 we're gonna do all yeah. this
1: <laughs> I'm I'm siding with Tama on this one. Yeah. It, it makes sense. Um, uh-huh. I'm waiting for Triple H to put in his two weeks. <laughs>
2: oh,
3: that ain't happening.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I
2: mean you ain't, he the- ain't coming off the tit. No. <laughs>
3: At, at the rate him and Stephanie keep selling stock I don't it might it, it's very possible like that yeah, I it feel like it, yeah, no, I there there is there is part of me that loves chaos that would just love for Triple H to say screw it I want to go see like because like I think about the, the the professional wrestling landscape as it is, could you imagine if Jeff Jarrett and Triple H decided to break off on their own? Like that's <laughs> that is a that could technically happen someday somewhere down the line if Triple H decides to to, to yeah. strike off on his own.
0: But like, uh, we'll does... if...
2: <laughs> look, I'm not gonna lie to you. Okay, yep. let's let's keep it 100 here. Yep. With your reputation, I don't know how far you'd go. But
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Ooh>.
2: <laughs> uh, you know, so so let me let me. And another thing, here's another thing that could be like, uh, right? Yep. To Triple H to to go to hospital. Like, uh, do you see who's running it? Who was still in the in the show? Shawn Michaels was still was yep. the one running the show. Oh, yeah, and imagine. Something that you invested 10 years of your time. Is it 10 years, 8 years, whatever it is? You spent a lot of your time investing, <laughs> gathering all these troops, come in to work for you. You built this whole brand, vision, everything, image. And then your best friend, best friend, your TV best friend comes in and takes over with a boss, with your father-in-law. Damn,
3: that's like that's like one hit after the other. I would go to the it's, hospital
2: too. Shit.
3: It's well, <laughs> and it's it's a and let let's be real. If we're gonna. If if we're gonna look at wrestling in the big picture, there it's kind of returned to form because like this was the mid '90s when Vince McMahon's golden boy was Shawn Michaels and Triple H was kind of just off on the sidelines and I and Triple H did a good job of of kind of getting getting close to Vince and you know I obviously he's his son-in-law so he's gonna be very close to him but it does kind of feel like that. <sighs> and I, I i i don't like to rampantly speculate like this, but it really does i don't i don't know whose serial triple h pissed in in the past like year Everybody's, but like like the uh, only the the on, the only two things that that like could make any sense to the way that this has been handled is either triple is either they're really pissed that triple h lost the ratings war or triple h cheated like i don't there's it, he it's gone too deep <laughs> for this to just be like well. We didn't really like the way NXT was going. Like it feels like they're cutting so deep, and I don't. I, oh, I don't know. It's it can only get weirder, right? Like that's the way the <laughs> wrestling world's going right now. It can only get weirder, especially especially if AEW like AEW apparently just turned a profit according to Tony Khan. So they are no longer in the red from their video game investment. Good for yeah, you, AEW. Good for yeah. you. Tony Khan. They got. They what? got. They just opened up more tickets for Queens, which means they're looking at a possibly twenty thousand person show uh on Wednesday. And then next year their new TNT deal kicks or their new Warner deal kicks in, which means that Dynamite will be on TBS, Rampage will be on TNT, they get a hefty pay raise from the networks, and they also get four extra shows uh on TNT per year. So like they're they're just they're just starting their momentum for twenty twenty-two right now.
1: Oh, and also the uh, Owen Hart uh, Foundation—they partner up with them too. Yep,
3: yep, and that's a big—that's a big coup right there. The AEW will be having uh, some kind of tournament to honor Owen Hart. Owen Hart is now being treated as as a a legend of of professional wrestling, like a lot of fans have always wanted. And now that there is a promotion that can. You know, treat his legacy well without necessarily profiting off the fact that he died in their ring. It it really does feel like a, a balance is, is kind of being restored. Like there was something very cosmic about that Owen Hart, Martha Hart, mm-hmm. AEW news. I'm really really excited to see uh, see how this is this is going to shake out. What what did you kind of think, Tom, of that that announcement about Owen Hart and uh, and AEW, the uh, legacy of Owen Hart being kind of taken up by AEW? Uh not much. They think much of it. I'm just now like uh I saw it on Twitter. Was
2: it yesterday morning? I Mm -hmm. I didn't haven't really put it all together up here. Maybe Marie's got a better better answer for that because I'm still Hell yeah. Not there.
1: Um, I mean, as far as I know, they're going to have that tournament. Um, I think they're presenting like a trophy at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they haven't had like much details of like, you know, who's going to be in the tournament, like the rules and everything, and when it's going to play out. I do know they were talking about having a toy line, so that way yeah. they could have uh, um Owen um action figures and stuff. And then obviously on Twitter, it's the same old war <laughs> between AEW and WWE fans. And I'm yeah. like... Guys, at least AEW is doing something. WWE has Owen Hart, like, buried at the bottom of their foot. They haven't done mm-hmm. shit with it. So, like, you know, be happy that AEW is doing something with, like, a legacy, like, yeah. Owen Hart and, like, the Hart Foundation.
3: Well, and and let's be real about this. The Hart family is older than WWE. Like, that's the kind of, I think that's the real coup here is, like, WWE has always been big on getting the history, right? Like, they've got WCW. They've got... Uh, they technically have the Hart family because of of how much they they've worked for them, but WWE's never actually owned the Hart family because the Hart family. I mean, they had Stampede Wrestling. They they were hey, hell. Stuart was practically a business partner of, of Vince Senior for a while, mm-hmm. uh, and so it it does kind of feel like. It does kind of feel like there are a lot of those old, old totems of the past being kind of taken back by the professional wrestling world so that the WWE doesn't necessarily have their, their foot on the history the way that they, the way that they used to.
2: Mm. Um, uh, did they do, did WWE do a lot for, for Owen? Like, I don't know a lot what was done after his death. Was there like, no. I know that, you know, I've only seen through Dark Side of the they, what the Owen Hart Foundation and stuff. That's the, I they, I, well, I'm, not, I'm not deep in that, in that knowledge.
3: Well, because part of the point of the Owen Hart Foundation was Martha Hart refused to let WWE profit off of Owen Hart's legacy. Because that's essentially what would happen if, if he gets to go in the video games, if they get to sell T-shirts. Like, yes, Martha Hart will get a little bit of that money, but a lot of that money is going to go to WWE. A lot of that's going to be mm. network subscriptions. A lot of that's going to be video game sales. And so she did it. And especially especially since she has a, a, a court saying that WWE was negligent in Owen Hart's death, you it, it would just... Be too much of a, as I think as it was his kid in the dark side of the ring said, it would be too much of a victory for them to to get to say Mm. that they got him. And so Martha Hart has been kind of holding off for a very long time. A lot of wrestling fans, even, even Bret Hart, like does not talk that highly of Martha because he, he really wants Owen in the WWE. He wants Owen to be that, that WWE legend that I think a lot of people see him as. And now, and now we're at the point where there is a company out there that can, that can take up Owen's mantle that can, you know, obviously they have a partnership with the Owen Hart Foundation. And so it's, it's not going to be the profit sharing that she would have had to do with WWE. It does kind of feel like Martha Hart and the the Owen Hart Foundation are going to be central in the, uh, in, in the way that. Owen's legacy is handled. And and that's all she's really ever asked for. Like I I said on Twitter, she won. She got to the point where she, someone can, can take up that legacy and she can stop fighting so hard. Cause mm-hmm. she is, it is, I, I can only imagine how exhausting it has been to be Martha Hart for the past. What are we, we're at like nearly 20 years since her husband yeah. died. And, <laughs> Especially with the explosion of social media, with the explosion of, of people being able to just watch his work in, in, on the internet, free from context, free from the context of his death, from the context of the suit. It, it has created this, this second generation of Owen Hart fans that don't necessarily understand all of the reasons that Martha doesn't want Owen in the WWE Hall of Fame, why she doesn't want WWE to have that legacy. Um, mm-hmm. And so now, now to see that between the Dark Side of the Ring episode and between what AEW is going to be able to do with Owens, uh, with with all of the the rights that she's kind of signed over, is you'll finally be able to get that education on who Owen Hart was. Because I feel like the WWE narrative for so long has been he was Bret's little brother, and he was so good that that's almost a pejorative. Like, and mm-hmm. that that feels like that feels like the tip of the iceberg on who Owen Hart was. If if, just based on what I've heard. <laughs> Mm -hmm. i didn't i didn't know the guy i was nine when he when he passed away but it sounds it sounds like he was a much more complex figure than than wwe would would have you believe and i'm excited to see that that fleshed out
2: good hey good for AEW. good for the Hart family and i'm glad that they're doing something for that i I don't know a lot of information about what you guys are saying shoot okay well yeah and that's you know and
3: that. And that's probably the healthy way to look at it. We'll see where this goes because it's still very early. We don't know what the the plans for the tournament are. We don't know what the trophy is going to look like. We don't know a lot of the details. We just know that, much like Daniel Bryan has said, much like guys like uh, Tommy End have said, it sounds like this was another case where the 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 handling of Brody Lee's illness and death was another thing that that kind of made another person in the wrestling industry say this is a company that that cares about their. Their their roster, whether they be with them or without them, uh, this is a company that can keep a secret. This is a company that can, you know, really that ha- it seems to have the right priorities when it comes to uh, a lot of things. Uh, it, and so it 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 does it does bode well. It also add, it fuels speculation that guys like uh, like Kevin Owens, whose last name is an, is a tribute to Owen Hart, whose whose son is named after Owen Hart. It it leads that speculation that he might head over to aew if it means that he actually gets to you know not if didn't not raise that. the i
2: didn't know he, he dedicated yep. his son yeah oh, f- yep. his <laughs> son's
3: his son is named after owen hart and that's why when he couldn't be kevin steen anymore he became kevin owens because that it was, it was a tribute to his son it's a tribute to owen hart it was it was a lot of uh two it was a tribute to two birds of one stone so to say yep. um yeah but it's it and it's it, it it definitely you know it it raises a lot of a lot of interesting opportunities for folks um so that that's some very good news for aew the the shows that are coming up in arthur Ashe stadium sound like they're going to be huge like i said they just released some more tickets now that they know where all the production is going to end up uh so if you if you want to snag a last minute ticket go for it but uh it, it and not only did aew have a big week New Japan Strong came back with fan, the first episode with fans taped in front of uh we had Hiroshi Tanahashi, you had Tomohiro Ishii, you had your brother Hikuleo, uh spoiler alert to anyone who hasn't watched it yet, kicked Juice Robinson's ass in a uh in a tables match. And so it does kind of feel like a, a new day for the New Japan Strong brand. I've been I've been saying it. Once you get fans in there, it becomes the wrestlers' wrestling show. And now, I don't know, after that first week. That's starting to be, uh, that's starting to be pretty true, but, uh, but new Japan strong, not only the, the only big stuff happening in new Japan pro wrestling right now, we got to talk about it, Tama first, <laughs> Let's talk about the, it. the first two nights of the 31st G one climax have come and gone. You made your first, uh, your first appearance in the G one in a number of years mm-hmm. and it damned if it wasn't a hell of a show and you and Sonata had a barn burner of a match. I will say spoiler to anyone out there. Sonata did sneak out the win, but you made it real. You made it real hard on him. He couldn't get you down for the moon He couldn't get you down for the he get you down for the uh, for the, yeah, the, the skull end. He had he had he had to roll you up like uh, like some sneak thief. So uh, <laughs> some, some dumb lij type shit he would do. But I mean, <laughs> I <it's>, mean, <laughs> no, yes. especially especially considering how few singles matches you've had over the past like few years how did it feel to kind of like get back You really kind of trial by fire jump in there with sonata uh in the g1 how how did how did that match feel
2: uh oof. oh man uh to be honest i i was ready for it i i felt um <laughs> i felt these past you know, three years that I've taken off has really, uh, prepared me to get back in and not miss a step. Mm -hmm. Um, but it felt great being a singles and, uh, we've talked about it on, on Thomas Island. I've been preparing myself, Mm -hmm. uh, these past shit, this whole year (laughs) to get back as 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 a singles competitor. And, uh, man and and i think sonata was the perfect guy to get back in because that's one guy that i've always had I, always, I was always confident with our skills together we have great chemistry mm-hmm. together man and i know i you know i shit on sonata a lot well deserved <laughs> but but it you know to be frank man we have this like uh our styles are are very similar. He's like the Japanese version I'm the American version, but with very similar styles. And uh it's easy to mess with somebody like that. It's easy mm-hmm. to work with somebody like that. And I'm gonna go ahead and like, you know, we're gonna dive a little deep into it because this that's a guy that um I always say that he's missing something. There's something yep. there's he's not, he's not, you know, with uh with another, you know, and now that he's teamed up with another guy that we will be talking here uh soon. Uh, We felt like he kind of fell to the back a little bit behind this guy. But to be honest, after having that match with him at the G1, I feel like I'm the guy that can bring that out of Sonata. I feel like I'm the guy that can press that button and know how to, how to unlock that vault and bring out the Sonata that needs to be brought out. I, I truly, truly feel that. And um, after and that's after this match. I I I know that. I know that now. And man, I won't be surprised. I, you know. I actually I want it. I want yeah. a main event with Sonata on a big stage, and I know we can fucking kill it.
3: I was about to say because like this, you kept saying how like. You have a lot of proving yourself to do from this G one because the the last G one you it was it was fuck everything I'm gonna do what I want to do and now like I I keep seeing it on Twitter like there's a lot of people who really are looking at you different as a wrestler after the Sonata match because it was that it was just it was that level it was that it, you can finally see Tomatonga in a singles main event you can actually you can you can visualize that now whereas like I I always knew that you and Sonata had great chemistry in tag matches, but to have yeah. the, the singles match at the level you did was just a fantastic. See, and I,
2: a, a lot of people like took into, uh, didn't realize that me going into a tag team that I have to, they don't considering that I have to share that position with a tag partner. Mm-hmm. Right. So yep. they forget that in a tag team relationship, that, you're you're there to to balance out that that equation that Mm -hmm. tag team so i'm not gonna go out for myself and try to make myself look great and kill my partner yeah and put and dim his light so like i think a lot of people just took it as oh tom i can't wrestle now because we 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 don't see everything that he's that he's capable of doing so Mm -hmm. and of course five years is a long ass time not to not to be a singles competitor, but only three years in the G one, but still, it's a lot of time to be out of everybody's mind as a singles competitor. So, mm-hmm. G one is a perfect spot for me to show what I can do and what I can provide for the other wrestlers. So, yeah, I, to all those people that's talking online, I hey, that's all good. Everybody's got <laughs> entitled to their opinion. That's yep. cool. They they can think I can wrestle, you know, whatever. That's that's fun, but as 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 for myself um i've always known that i can do this i've always known that i can especially Mm -hmm. look i've been in japan 10 motherfucking years shit plus all right Mm -hmm. they're not gonna keep somebody that fucking sucks that all y'all can suck my (laughs)
0: that was was kind of gonna
3: be that was gonna be my next point of the fact that like I think especially the the schedule you've got right now is the perfect one to kind of prove people wrong, because first got Sonata, Mm -hmm. who while, yes, you haven't had a lot of singles matches with him, you've been in the ring with Sonata a ton. Like, you know Mm -hmm. Sonata, and Sonata knows you. And so that's you already know that's going to be a lot of fun. Your next match that's coming up, uh, I believe, on the, the 24th, is, yep. is against Chase Owens, who while you no, haven't had yeah. a, a guy who, while you haven't had a lot of matches against Chase Owens, you've been in the ring a lot with Chase Owens, mm-hmm. and you sure as shit know Chase Owens pretty damn mm-hmm. well. And mm-hmm. so it's it's definitely going to be another case of two opponents that probably, I mean, look, I, I think you I, I think you might pull out the win, but it's a case of two opponents who know each other probably too well for each other's, you know, best, re- you know what I mean? Like, you, you, mm-hmm. you guys know each other too well. Someone's going to be, someone's going to pull out something sneaky um but
1: (laughs) i I would like to uh jump in on this um so like i i watched a match with you and sonata and it was really amazing and um for anybody that's that thinks that you can't wrestle it's stupid just because you're in a tag team doesn't mean you don't have the ability to be like a singles competitor like they have to really watch your matches a little bit more harder and understand that like you're great with your brother in tag team matches so like if mm. you you know obviously you're on your own singles run like now it's the time to be like you know he had it from the very beginning I don't know why people always want to be like Tama can't wrestle the singles <laughs> and it's like he had it in tag team you may not see it but it's there mm. you know but yeah yeah
2: mm. <laughs> hey marie you're welcome on this podcast anytime you want all right, <laughs> all right you come on whenever you feel like it we're gonna put you in those we'll squeeze and win all right? i was, i was gonna say i
3: think this is i think this is the first time he's giving points usually he's taking the point, point. <laughs> marie, marie, you're gonna be on a, you're gonna be on a hall of fame streak here yeah,
1: i mean I, I i watch like so personally whenever i like watch matches i watch it to make sure that i understand the in-ring storytelling ability maybe some outside interference. And um, I study the the moves and like what they mean. Like I do this a little more deeper than like the average Mm. casual fan. So I could definitely see that like Tama already had it. So like, I don't really have to go against Tama and I'm not (laughs) saying this to kiss his ass or or anything like that. Like Tama has talent, Sonata has talent. Everyone in the Bullet Club has talent. And it's kind of frustrating when fans are like, you know, sometimes they go against Bullet Club and it's like, they do the things that they do because they're good at it and they understand how to use the environment to their advantage. If they didn't, then they wouldn't be contracted with like new Japan for forever and like get these bookings and be up there. But like, I look at wrestling in a different way whenever I'm studying matches in order to like critique them and review them and give suggestions of like how to improve and stuff. Like that's what I do. And that's why like, you know, this match with Thomas and Sonata are like really top notch. Mm -hmm. well and i I
2: don't want to stop you i don't want to you know (laughs) i'd like for you to keep on going marie all right but i'm gonna ah shit i'm i am gonna i gotta switch this over real quick because i want to i want to talk about i want to take this kind of this kind of highlight and highlight my next opponent opponent which is chase owens which a lot of people i I see online going down um you know going that same path on on chase like they did with me you i think like if y'all seen Chase's indie work, man, independent work, the dude is phenomenal. The guy is mm-hmm. smooth. I mean, so smooth. Even when you're watching him, the little things he does, like you got to pay attention to see what he, he really does, his stepping, his timing, his, his smoothness. His, he's really athletic. I know he don't look like it, but he's really athletic. Yeah. The man can can go. And that, I believe, like, I know you guys are thinking that, that uh, there's to be some tricks up the sleeves when we, when we have our match together. Mm-hmm. But I really don't want that. Yep. I really want to go and and, and go on unlike let's let's do this, Chase. Like, let's go pound for pound. You know, fuck, really? fuck all the bullshit. Fuck all mm-hmm. that shit. Let's, like, the games, the comedy and all that. Like, people can keep that. They can keep this as a G1. And I think we need to really remind people who the fuck we are. And so that's 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 the deal there. So, yeah, I'm going to fucking punch the shit out of Chase, but I want (laughs) Chase to punch me back. Oh, man, I I want I want to feel
3: that. So, yeah,
2: Uh, I'll be
1: the cheerleader and I'll be the cheerleader. (laughs) You
3: you heard it here first, folks. This Thursday is going to be a barn burner. Chase Owens, Tomatonga, they're going to be smacking the hell out of each other. No one. Nothing is going to be uh, held back. But I'm glad we're, we're kind of getting on this point because, A, Chase Owens had a fantastic match against Jeff Cobb, who, mm-hmm. while he didn't win, Cobb's got so much momentum that the fight that he put up was immaculate. I mean, just, just the mm-hmm. fact that he was able to even hobble Cobb a little bit on the, the, mm-hmm. the role that he's been fantastic for Chase. But also another Bullet Club member who I think gets the short end of the stick, praise-wise, Yujiro Takahashi beat Kota Ibushi. I'm going to say this mm-hmm. again for anyone who might be sleeping on the G1 this year, don't know... Uh, what's exactly I'm saying here? Yujiro Takahashi, the Tokyo pimp, in the first match of this year's G1 Climax, defeated the former IWGP World Champion, the two-time G1 Climax final G1 Climax winner, Kota Ibushi. If and. <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie, like yes, there was there was some shenanigans, but not like it, this was not, you know, everyone and their mother running down to the ring to 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 stop Kota Obushi. Yujiro pretty much just out-wrestled the dude, mm-hmm. dropped him with the pimp juice, and No, 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 no. The juice. big juice. The big, big juice. juice. I'm sorry. It's no longer the it's no longer the pimp juice. It is now forever the big juice. But yes, he dropped him with the big juice and I, I mean especially now that he's joined House of Torture which as English commentary keeps saying is kind of all of Bullet Club's worst uh, instincts kind of put into one it does kind of feel like Yujiro has gotten that that extra fire under him you know kind of like he did back in the no limit days or in the early mm-hmm. days of Bullet Club it's going to it's, it's going to be it's going to be very interesting what do what do you think of your boy but your boy Yujiro mm-hmm. kind of busting everyone's brackets uh hey, uh number 1 surprised mm. but in a very good way like you
2: said it gives me no limit vibes man yeah and i i'm with that i'm with you Judo. i think um i think he's another guy that's uh like on me and and, and chase's uh yeah. panel right here where we've gotta
3: like we gotta remind motherfuckers who the fuck we are that's what mm-hmm. we gotta do and <laughs> like all, all three of you like, talking I, to who and i was gonna, like, gonna say like You and Yujiro are pretty much at that same, like, y'all have been there for at least, like, a decade and a plus now, where it's like, it really is at the point where, like, they, trust me, New Japan has gotten rid of a ton of, they would have gotten rid of these guys if they weren't, if they didn't know what the fuck they were doing by now, like, uh...
2: These motherfuckers got us all fucked up. Wait, who the fuck y'all you think you're talking to? To
3: be, to be fair, I think I think it's I think that's mainly North American fans in North America, there it, yep. it 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 is entirely possible for someone to just sit in a job they're not very good at for ten years. Whereas in Japan, <laughs> yeah, as in Japan, you actually have to you know deliver, and you actually have to you know be you have to actually be the guy you claim to be all, yep. the, all ten of those years. Um, <laughs>
2: Uh yeah, man, but I'm proud of Pep Juice, man. I, it's the new finisher, the big juice. I like big that, juice, man. BJ. <laughs> 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 it's
1: the <such> character.
3: <laughs> yes, that's what they that's what they say about those hot boys. They're gonna drop you with the BJ, that's for sure. Oh my god.
1: <laughs>
2: Shit. <laughs> but, Ross, can I,
3: what can i say i i still have a little bit of that io training those lion <laughs> games are still in me but yeah no house of torture has, has having a very good tournament yujiro got a win evil got a win against uh yoshihashi on night two like it's it definitely fe- and and show has just been kicking the crap out of young yeah. lions on the on the opening matches so like house of torture really showing out these early days of the uh of the g1 climax i gotta talk about this because like I originally I was like, oh yeah, these young lions are great. They're hungry. They're young. They've only been there for five matches, and now I'm at the point where I'm like, oh man, these guys have only been there for like five matches, and they're they're just throwing their are throwing them in there with like like show is like a rabid dog at this point. Like he's ready to just destroy people. Like he he is vicious. And don't get me wrong, these new young lions are mean, but like that you still can't be prepared for an angry, ready to just like destroy people uh, show. And so these opening matches have been brutal, one-sided affairs that just i f- I feel bad for Oiwa. I feel bad for Fujita, but it's going to make them so much better. This is it's very much Definitely. iron sharpening iron. but oh that snake that snake bite submission is vicious. Uh, <laughs> God damn <laughs> but uh, I would be I, we would be remiss if we talked about the G1. we didn't talk about the big news coming out of night one, apparently Tetsuya, Naito two-time winner, former IWGP world champion, and, I mean, one of the favorites this year to maybe make it to those finals apparently suffered a knee injury in his match with Zack Sabre Jr. and has been pulled from the entirety of the tournament. Naito is out of the running, uh, which means that we're going to be getting a series of, like, all of his opponents are instead going to be basically either facing Yuji Nagata, Bushi, Hiromu Takahashi, or Satoshi Kojima. So it, it has... Uh, where where Naito has fallen, four have taken his place. Four people who I think could really use a showcase like this. Like Yuji Nagata has had a great year, especially representing New Japan on mm-hmm. TNT. Uh, it would it's it's I think it's going to be great to see him get some some showcase matches, especially since your boy your your brother Tongalo is going to be able to take on Yuji Nagata. That has already captured people's attention. Like mm-hmm. imaginations are running wild with that house fight. It's going to be like. Um, but what do you, what do you think of the, the unfortunate news about, about Naito being pulled from the tournament? Uh, of course it sucks.
2: It sucks. But I mean, this gives, uh, like you just said, Tangaloa a chance to, to go against some, you know, legends. And I, you know, both of us don't have a lot of, or especially him don't have a lot of singles under his belt. And the more experience he gets with these guys, man, the more, you know, the better off he is, the better he is at, at the end. So, uh, a lot of people's loss can be another man's gain, so that could be looked yep. at like that.
3: Oh, no, and especially, like I said, Nagata absolutely deserves to get the, the showcase. Kojima, another one who has been mm-hmm. kind of running around North America, waving that New Japan flag uh, wide and proud and really getting some new eyes. Like, as he said, after All Out, he apparently gained like 5,000 new followers, something like that. And that's that's 5,000 more eyes that are are that much more focused on New Japan right now. So Kojima getting that showcase, Bushi and Hiromu Takahashi getting getting some showcases. What do you kind of think of, of this, this lineup that they're they're throwing at, at Naito's opponents, Marie?
1: Um, it's really different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's not names that you're normally here to probably be in the G1, but um, it's definitely going to be amazing matchups and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking forward to whatever Nagata does, whatever Kojima does, uh, Hiromu, and um, also Bushi. But I would like to say that I think L.I.J. is just cursed at this point. <laughs> a little, a little like, bit. Like, 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 like Shingo, Shingo is fine, surprisingly, after having like a hellacious battle with Ishii. Um, and then you have Sonata, which is like, you know, thankfully he's always in the back. So he's not like always injured. So yeah. he's, a, he's he's a good one. And then you have Hiromu coming back from an injury. And mm-hmm. now you have Naito with an injury. I think Naito needs to take a vacation Mm-hmm. and like well, really like stay home because it's like it it sounds like it happens every couple of months and that it, something happens to lij whether that's hiromu or like naito like he needs a vacation
3: you're not wrong there like you've already said hiromu was hiromu was injured uh he, shingo takagi not only had a battle with ishii he battled covid earlier in yeah. the year uh mm-hmm. like he straight up got covid Uh, And so then you add Naito's injury and Naito's knees have been a problem. Like this is not the first knee injury Naito has suffered. Probably won't be the last, the way, the way knee injuries tend to work, but it does, it does kind of add to that question of, does there need to be a shakeup in LIJ? Cause like how much longer is Naito going to be able to be that center figure when Shingo is running around with the world title, when Hiromu, Is kind of he's got a little bit more of that that I think spark than Naito does right now. I think especially with the way during Hiromu's injury where he was doing camera, he was on commentary, he was running out there and like running down the card to hype up the Mm -hmm. crowd. Like Hiromu really became a a center a center central focus of New Japan programming without even wrestling. And so it it does feel like Naito might be getting eclipsed a little bit within his own faction. Mm. Um, it's it's unfortunate <laughs> like, i'll go, run through mm. yep no it, it does it does make you it does make you wonder about lij i will run through that schedule for folks that uh are just catching up on the night news tangalo will be facing nagata on the 26th uh or on the 23rd on the 26th nagata versus takagi on the 30th bushi versus yujiro on the th- uh, october 3rd you're going to have bushi versus toroyano on the october 7th hiromu takahashi versus kenta on october 9th hiromu takahashi versus tomohiro ishii that's going to be insane uh then you've got october 13th you've got satoshi kojima versus kota ibushi and on october 18th you've got kojima versus great okan and since we're talking about factions i will throw in one uh one other bit of faction news aussie open uh, uh the team from rev pro has joined the united empire uh will osprey apparently often in, in England doing a little bit of recruiting. And so they, they have added a, a tag team, a tag team. You've in fact uh, beaten Tama. You, you've you mm-hmm. taken out Aussie open at the, uh, the I believe it was either Southern showdown or Royal quest. Don't quote me on that. Royal I don't have quest. the notes in front Royal quest. That's what it was. I knew it was, mm-hmm. it was, I, I had a feeling it was, it was in England. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, it's definitely more people that are very, close to Osprey. Like you said, Fredo Khan, when he was on Excursion, was in Rev Pro now Osprey going back into the Rev Pro. I believe they're the tag champions at the moment. Um, and so Marie, what do you kind of think of the, the addition of, of Aussie open to the, the United Empire?
1: I don't know much about Aussie open to mm-hmm. give like a really good analysis or comment. Um, it just felt like um, Osprey just wanted to grab two more guys to add on because, um, you know, we're still dealing with lockdowns on the rest of the cyber mm-hmm. world and stuff. So yeah, I mean, it's Osprey doing Osprey things.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, exactly. And it's <laughs> it it, 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 dumb things. <laughs> I don't, I, to be fair, this is one of the, this is one of the moves <laughs> Osprey might be, might be smart for because this is, this is a case where it feels like ever since the United empire formed, I feel like I kept hearing people say, "Hey, Aussie Open would be cool with the United Empire." Like it, w- it was that kind of thing that would keep kind of p- bubbling. And so, like, I don't even think Osprey can actually take credit for this decision because, like, it it really just feels like he was finally listening to someone online and and finally got uh, got got around to to giving the people what they want. Um, but we'll we'll definitely see because he's also not, he's not only got Aussie Open, he's supposed to be adding one more member one more. Yeah. Uh, this this coming weekend in in Dallas. He has been teasing names. Uh, all of those names that he's been teasing have been pissed off at him. Buddy Murphy told him to stop it. Chris Hero told him to straight up delete a tweet and stop pretending that he was uh, and stop using his name for advertising. Um, and so so Osprey definitely, definitely stirring the pot, trying to trying to get get hype up for this this new member. I, oh, yeah. He's taking a page out of my book.
2: And I and I OK, OK. You know, okay, Osprey. Little little copycat ass. Look, I <laughs> <laughs> fucking, come up with
3: your own shit, Osprey. Right? I don't be taking don't be ripping off my page, <laughs> okay. I I do have to I do have to give him credit for the Chris Hero one because Chris Hero is such a he seems like such a nice guy. He's he's usually a very Right. amiable twitter presence <laughs> and he just straight up was like delete this get my name out of your mouth i don't want my fans <laughs> thinking like well, he really got under chris hero's skin
1: <laughs> well i can i i can confirm that uh chris hero is a very nice person in in, in person he is. Cool.
2: yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's <laughs> pretty cool. I was surprised to see that people And I was like, oh shit, Osprey would piss off somebody that's really freaking nice.
3: <laughs> I was like, damn, bro. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Sp- yeah. Who else but Osprey? Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, like the like I said, like I said, Osprey stirring shit in the States and then the oh, UK. State
2: spray. Jeff. Man, that's Joe. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Jeff Cobb and Great Ocon running over stuff in in the G1. The G1 climax will be continuing this coming Thursday, the 23rd, the 24th, with A Block and B Block uh, set to uh, set to show off their stuff. Uh, Marie, before we start to wrap it up here, where can people find you uh, online? Where, if, if, if you want them to find you. I always, I always have to add that caveat. If you want people to find you, where can they find you?
1: I always want people to find me. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm Marie Shadows. I'm the host and the creator of the Square Circle Podcast that covers AEW, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, and even my WWE days back in the day. And I also have my YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Square Circle Podcast for practice commentary matches and vlogs for all of that. For the podcast site, anchor.fmfo slash Podcast, And also, if you want to find me on Twitter, at Marie underscore Shadows, and if you want to take it a step further with my own Patreon, uh, patreon.com forward slash Marie Shadows, because together we're making wrestling memories. Oh,
2: yeah. uh, I got a question, Marie. Sure. I got a question. Well, well, you said your old WWE days. What did you yes. do in your old WWE days? Uh, in
1: 2018, I was part of the WWE Network Logger Department
3: hmm okay yeah you yeah. you actually you actually popped up on on my news feed a couple times this past because you were <laughs> you you finally decided to, to to start start spilling a little bit of the tea from your days at wwe apparently yeah. apparently the, <laughs> the, the rules for what was allowed on the network would change like week by week i'm not gonna make LA i'll i, I want people to, to kind of find this but go give us a little bit of the 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 the, the, the sh- long oh. and the short of that
0: all right
1: so the short story is that um week one you kind of mm-hmm. uh, go in and they're like, hey, this is what we're going to be doing. You're watching uh, WWE programming um, five days a week, eight hour days. Um, I basically had to make the SEO stronger for you guys to like search properly on the WWE network. So, you know, Chris, my a touchy subject. Yep. So mm-hmm. just imagine uh, being told one week. Yes. Next week. No. <laughs> Next week. Yes. Next week. No. And then the following week, like, Fuck it, that's it. Like supervisor will take care of it. Don't worry about it. We'll handle it all. <laughs> that's basically what I had to deal with, like week one. <laughs> oh wow,
3: there. yeah, Damn. Oof. yeah. That sounds. I mean, especially with the like the amount of content that you would have to go through that weekly, that that changing weekly must have been a nightmare. Uh, we got it. We'll we'll have to get you back on when we it's a yeah. less busy news week, so we can we can really dive deep.
1: I, I got all that. Right. Bullet I up, like spilling the
3: tea here.
2: Let's spill tea. <laughs> Yeah, I, I got that
1: Bullet Club story.
3: Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Well,
2: well we, got we, <laughs> we got
1: time. We no <laughs> <are you laughs> sure like, right. oh, got. Oh, we got. We got. A Jesus, lot of time. go ahead.
2: Jesus. Team. Jesus. Yeah. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> all right. So, uh this was when uh we started to go into WCW. Now. Uh, we were doing like WCW Thunder. Uh, we were all together in this room uh, mm-hmm. with my coworkers and even uh you know my former bosses and stuff. So on the screen we had uh NWO, they come out. It's like um Hogan and uh Bischoff and like everybody else. And so um, you know, NWO throws up the two sweet, like everyone does, right? Um, so one of my coworkers says, Oh, so they stole it. <laughs> uh at this time, it's basically like the Young Bucks. So we were talking about the Young Bucks and everybody in America knows more about the Young Bucks than they do about like stuff in Japan. So me, I was I gave him the side eye and I was like, really? So my boss, who's admin number two, uh, was like, yeah, like not, yet, not, not even a second thought. He was just like, yeah, they stole it. Me, I was like, hold up. First of all, Kevin Nash said in an interview that the Young Bucks were okay to use the two sweet signs. So, you know, that's okay. To where the boss rebuttals me and says, "You can't tell Marie anything because she's a Young Bucks fan." <laughs> Granted, I brought the Yum Bucks book bag, the one that says uh, "Elite," we like, like we run the world. Uh, to work every day, I brought that book bag to work every day, and that's what why he you said,
2: worked at WWE. You did that.
1: I did that. <laughs> I did that. I brought that. I brought that <laughs> Billy Club book bag with me. Oh no! <laughs> So, I'm ra- I
3: gotta salute you on that one. I'm raising. Oh, Holy I'm, shit. Ra- I'm raising a Red Bull to that. Cheers.
1: So, so after, so, so after he rebuttals me with that, I give him the side eye. If it wasn't for my coworker, my coworker was like, Marie, do not shoot on him. Do not say another word. <laughs> and, I, and, I, oh. and I held my tongue. And I was like, Oh, this guy, this guy.
2: <laughs> Damn. Oh. Oh, okay, Marie. All right, you you did it. Okay. That's <laughs> some balls.
1: I have the biggest balls out of everyone, man. Like oh. I, I will talk shit about whoever I whoever I want. Like, you know, like the thing is that like I love professional wrestling. I don't pick a side on like, you know, who loves like what I love more. I love it all. But I was not gonna sit there at WWE and drink the WWE Kool-Aid. Yep. I was not doing that.
3: Oh, love it. Love it. You got you got balls the size of Nicki Minaj's cousin's friend. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, oh, right. no, and, well, and, and if, if we're gonna get real historical about the two sweet, Kevin Nash and all them stole it from like the Albanians or, or like the Bulgarians right. or something like it's that. Like, oh, it's like a mafia, it's like yeah, a mafia sign, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's every everything stolen, everything's new again, <laughs> yeah. everything can can do whatever. But <laughs> I, that
1: I just didn't like that mentality of like, yeah, they stole it. Like, no, dude, like it's a universal sign. Everybody loves throwing up a two sweet. Hmm, hmm. <laughs> it's
3: oh, like man. the middle finger, man. Everybody
2: does Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's yeah, it
3: we're All right. To love it. Yeah. But, <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> but, like I said, we're gonna have to get Marie back when we've got we've, when we've got a less busy <laughs> news week. Tama, where can people find you uh, uh, if you want them to find you?
2: Yeah, you find me on Twitter, Tama underscore Tonga. You can find me on uh, on, on Instagram, the good bad guy, Tama Tonga. Even on TikTok, Tama Tonga eleven eleven. You can find me on that. And uh, Russ, where can they find you, you, man?
3: At Ross W. Berman IV on Twitter, Ross Berman IV on uh, Instagram, Ross Berman.bandcamp for all my music. And I got all the all the G1 results, standings, and and coverage over at WrestleZone.com. So head on over there to, to, to get what you need.
2: <laughs> nice. Guys, Ross, thank you very much. We're going to wrap it up there. Marie, thank you again for joining us on this, this week's uh, Thomas Island podcast. Guys on Twitch, yes. everybody on the Twitch chat, thank you. We see your question. Uh, Before we close off, we got one question here from PK The Pipes. He said, uh, he's curious about Loa's face paint and control of your narrative connection. Um, Can you speak on that? Uh, Yes, I'll speak on it real quick. I don't know. I don't know anything. (laughs) I'm as surprised as you, PK. (laughs) Now, the days are split here, PK, in Japan. So, like, the first day is only A block, and then the second day is is B block. Now, they separated this, the whole COVID, we have Mm -hmm. this, the whole situation. So, I don't see him at all. Like, so, like, buses, days, whatnot. So, I was as surprised as you to see that shirt. And I didn't, I, I just thought it was a shirt that he, it was his. I didn't know it was EC3's. But control your narrative, and then the, the face paint. I think that's his face paint uh, from back when we were running together. He has like three lines going down his face. So um, that's all I can say about that. But the, mm-hmm. the control your narrative. I
3: don't know. Maybe he's joining ROH. I don't know. We'll, well see. <laughs> to be fair, control your narrative is it's not within ROH. It's it's EC3's own specific like like brand and format. Uh, there, I know they are going to be doing another free the narrative that's supposed to come yeah. out at some point. So, but. I it, Tonga, based on the last one I saw, he'd be a great fit for it. Oh um, yeah, and 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 they
2: have history together. They used to be tag partners in NXT. They they used to run together, so uh, you know. Maybe he's recruiting some of the Bullet Club. I don't know how he's doing that, but I don't know. Maybe he's <laughs> well, getting recruited it's... over there to ROH to EC3. Well, uh, and this is controlling this is... his narrative some way somehow. Yeah,
3: no, and this and this is why I wanted to clarify it because like controlling narrative, it's not a stable, it's not a promotion. It's literally like it's basically like if if Tangaloa was attending like a life coach class outside of mm-hmm. NJP, like that. It's kind of that kind of hybrid where it's it's uh-huh. partially about wrestling, but it's partially about helping people who want to figure out who they are as a character as a wrestler like really oh. take like it really is like that taking control of of the of your narrative in in wrestling which is why again i said it he'd be a, especially if he's coming back to singles competition it's a perfect yeah. place for him to kind of like figure some stuff out and try and uh try and come back strong well there you go pk the pipes thank you very much from twitch chat you guys ross thank you
2: marie thank you again you guys enjoy your week stay safe Stay out of the news. Keep your opinions to yourself. Don't burn your bridge. All right. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. Enjoy your week, guys. Stay safe. We'll see you guys next week. Bye, guys.
1: Thank you for listening to this
0: week's Thomas Island. Find more great Thomas Island content like the Shotgun series, weekly happy hour Zoom calls with Thomas video versions of the podcast and much, much more at patreon.com forward slash Thomas Island and visit at Thomas Island on Instagram and Twitter.